This series is brought to you by the Heritage Office of Kilkenny County Council. Hurling and Us. Kilkenny Voices from the GAA Oral History Archive. Episode 1. Schools. I mean, it's a religion in Kilkenny, you know, we have nothing else to talk about <laughs> and we're so good at it. But I mean, it all goes back to the schools and the school teachers. They deserve great credit. Dan McAvoy, St. John's Parish, Kilkenny City. Schools are the lifeblood of hurling in Kilkenny. And with accounts spanning over 100 years, the Kilkenny GAA Oral History Collection tells the story of the central place of hurling in school life across the county. Of training during lunchtime. Being packed into the back of cars and vans to go across the county to matches. Of the encouragement and mentorship of teachers of rivalries, epic victories and heroic defeats, and the indelible impression that these experiences left on generations of pupils and their teachers across the county. This episode features the voices of some of these teachers, mentors and their students. They used to tell a story about uh, Joe Dunphy, he was the principal down in Ballyhale. You could go into school in the morning without your school bag. But if you forgot your hurry, you'd go home for it. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Dunphy, Thomastown, retired principal of Skullfaldrick, Ballyhale. In Thomastown, if you were able to hurry, kind of you were waiting with bated breath for Mr Laffin to see you and recognise your skill. And actually, Thomastown achieved something then that, that was never achieved since uh, they won seven in a row from 51 to 57. And unfortunately, early in 58, Mr. Laffin died in the classroom, in his classroom up here in the school. And uh, we didn't win uh, that year. The, the, the run came to an end. But uh, they came back in the 159 again then after that, you know. So... You brought your hurl to school uh, and you played every single day and you had to be down in Granite for training when the championship came around. Uh, and if you weren't, it was like being absent from school. You had to have an excuse. You have a note from your parents. But we loved it. It was a labour of love. Man. I mean, the, the amount of time that Padre Laffin put into it uh, and uh, that uh, kind of to the cost of his family, I suppose, really, was something else. And it was something I tried to do then myself when I became a teacher. I, uh, in a lot of ways, I, uh, you know, I regarded him as the man that I'd most like to be like. Now, there, <laughs> there were some things about him that uh, I didn't copy, you know. Uh, he, number one, he had no sense of humour. Uh, Tell me about your own playing, your own playing career, and how it developed. And... My playing career was started really with Mr Laffin, kind of. It was every young fellow's ambition to play for Thomaston, wear the blue jersey. And we had a famous song that we sang at the time, We Are the Boys of Thomaston in Colours White and Blue. We played the game of hurling as school boys always do. Our backs are strong and hefty. Our forwards brave and true. We're marching on to victory in colours white and blue. We sang that to the boys of Wexford the year. So Mr. Laffin made it up. I changed it afterwards. I cheated. I <laughs> I made it the boys of Ballyhale in colour in colours green and white. We played the game of hurling and always play it right. And uh, you know, just turned it around a little bit for Ballyhale. Nicky Brennan, Conaghy. James, what part did it have in the school day? 
Well, I mean, again, during the lunchtime breaks, whenever or during any tea breaks, you were generally out, which are early. Uh, again, it was uh, the, 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 it was an, a, an unstructured game, really. You know, you literally, the, the plan that time was you'd thrown the hurlies into the middle and you just pulled one out and thrown one left and one right. And that was the way a team was selected. Uh, and uh, again, the coaching wouldn't necessarily have been, wouldn't have been formal. But I think it was the fact that the schoolmaster was interested and was allowing you to play. I mean, the amount of space in many cases was limited. The uh, the playing surfaces were poor. Uh, so, I mean, you weren't... But it was the fact still that you were getting your hurling in your hand uh, was, was, uh, was, was, was helping you to improve your skills all the time. Gerry O'Neill, retired principal, St. Brendan's National School, Muckalee. If you go to teach in a country school, it's just assumed that you will train the team, you know, that you'll get involved with the team. It's part of it, goes with the territory. They'd be very disappointed with you if you went to teach in Mokalee and you didn't train the young lads. But I remember my first year in Mokalee, I was only in the parish a month, and a deputation from the Hurling Club came to me and asked me to come to the AGM. So I went. And at the AGM, I was proposed as either a selector or a trainer for the school team, the under-14s, the under-16s, the minors, the under-21s. So I said, hold on a minute. I said, I'll train the young lads. I'll train the school team and the under-14 team. And that's it. I said, I'm not qualified or good enough to take them beyond that. And I wouldn't have time. And I didn't. And I stuck always with the kids. And I'm glad I did. And in terms of being involved with teams and yeah. getting to know the kids that way, did that help in the classroom as well? Yes, it did. But you'd have to be careful, Regina. You wouldn't want to be too focused on hurling and stuff because you will have kids in the class who have no interest in it. Mm. You see, you'll have a certain kind of fella in the country, a chap who's all into farm machinery and tractors and John Deere's and New Holland's and Baylor's and... No interest in hurling, but mad about those kind of things, you know. And you mustn't make him feel because he doesn't hurl that he's not a complete individual or you have to bring them all along, naturally, you know. But it does, yeah, it does help to get to know them. And the lads that would have hurled with you, hurled for you, uh, you'd have a kind of a special relationship with them, all right, yeah. Couldn't stop that happening. My early years, I was kind of doing it myself. But as time went by, they they found they formed a, what they call a board in the in the parish to help out with training the young lads, including the school team. And uh, by the time I had finished in Muckalee, I was almost redundant. This system had grown up around me or under me or whatever. And lads more or less came to me and said, look, we'll take it from here. And they did. And they're still doing it. And of course, that... It's that's the life of the club and the life of the GA is are these volunteers who do that with the kids. And Ned Quinn, Mooncoin. Schools board in Kilkenny is one of the finest schools boards in Ireland. I have no doubt about saying that. And these people inspire you. See, that's the thing. They just inspire you to get it. Because you're in a good environment and things are being done properly, you want to be involved then. And you, you know, you say, yeah, right, let's push it on. Let's see can we do a bit more of this, you know. And that's that's um, you know they were, they, they have to, they have underpinned the success that Kilkenny 
has enjoyed for 70 years. John Henderson, Johnstown. In the National School in Johnstown and, and then into the Vocational School, were there any teachers in particular who would have you know, influenced. taken an interest or, or influenced you? Or, or? Well, I would have great memories of a guy called um, Sonny Fitz. He was a calf dealer. And this is a strange story, I suppose there are strange things to be saying, but when we would be going to matches at under 14 and school matches and school league matches, there wouldn't be much transport. Not that people were that badly off, but there wouldn't be that many people going with cars to a number 14 match in Freshford or Erlingford or Castle Cone or wherever it would be. But Sonny was a calf dealer and he'd have a Toyota van type van and you'd be thrown into the back of that and there could be a couple of calves in it and God knows what and there could be 10 children in the back. And I I laugh now when I see health and safety and people, you know, afraid to do anything because of what might happen. And like, this man like took us to matches. And the other thing I remember is he'd stop on the way home and he'd try to buy something for everybody. And, you know, these are the people who'll never be remembered, I suppose, but I remember them and and the the importance that, you know, that they did, they were there when when nobody else was supposed to be there. Dan McAvoy, Kilkenny City. To what do you count the current success of the team? Well, basically, and no doubt about it, is the schools, you know. Mm. Because all the summer there now, up in Nolan Park, the finals, the school finals, like under 12, 14, under 16, you know. And to the parishes involved, to them it's their all-Ireland, you know. Listening back to the collection, it's clear that the impact of teachers crosses generations. And I think I've been lucky enough that I, I, I know, I don't think I know, I'm the only school teacher in Ireland whose school hurlers have picked up the McCarthy Cup on six occasions. They have nourished a love for hurling in children in Kilkenny, producing some of the game's best and most successful hurlers. You know, 79 year. 83 and 92, Liam Fenley, and then Henry, Cha, and Michael Fenley, the last three All-Irelands that we won. And the accounts featured in the Kilkenny GAA Oral History Collection depict clearly the dedication of teachers, parents, volunteers, administrators, and even calf dealers to supporting schools hurling in the county. Uh, it's been great to be associated with lads like them, you know. Special thanks to our interviewees and their families. Featured in this episode were Nikki Brennan, Joe Dunphy, John Henderson, Dan McAvoy, Gerry O'Neill and Ned Quinn. Our thanks to the GAA Museum and Archive at Croke Park for permission to share excerpts from the collection, which is available in full at gaa.ie. This episode was produced by Connor Sweetman and Regina Fitzpatrick and narrated by Regina Fitzpatrick. The series is brought to you by the Heritage Office at Kilkenny County Council. Mm-hmm.